This is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. And welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here on your live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in this evening, you have a live fire take, a rant, if you will, ready to close out 2021. Here's how you get in contact with me. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at BBQCentralShow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up. In about 12 minutes from now, I have mentioned it semi-periodically since August when I had my first cigar in a long time, and it was not a great experience. However, I found... I almost willed my way into believing that there was something redeeming about this. And as I quickly learned a short time thereafter from somebody who had uh, quite an extensive experience with cigars, I was doing it all the wrong way. But somehow I thought to myself, this has got to be better than this. And ultimately, it is better than how it was in August the very first time. I've had cigars way before in my youth, but I don't even count that. Here now in my old age able to appreciate some finer things in life. I thought this would be a time that I would want to try it again. And lo and behold, I was right once again. Thank goodness. And in doing so, I've decided to try and find out all I can about the cigar industry. I've watched YouTube video after YouTube video. I, of course, because I have a podcast, went immediately searching for a podcast. And look what I found. The best cigar podcast out there in the world that called the Cigar Authority, and joining me for the first time in about 12 minutes, one of the co-hosts, Jonathan Barbeau, who is Mr. Jonathan on the show. If you are familiar with the Cigar Authority, it's a cast of characters, but really the thing that I love most about the Cigar Authority is you have folks that are steeped in the business of that industry. They are experts simply because they have the time in, but they are also conducting day-to-day operational business Within the cigar industry, they have contacts that are wide-ranging and far-reaching, and their insight is second to none, plus the show is produced very well, which is very important to me. So it's a great listen for me on Saturdays when it airs live. It's also recorded, put into podcasts, which is when I listen to it, which is typically on Saturday evening or Sunday when I'm in the he shed. 
or at work on Mondays or through the week. And then, of course, there's a bonus episode on Wednesdays, which they call the after show. So if you're into cigars, you're not familiar with the Cigar Authority, which I can't imagine is the case, then you want to certainly look that up. But Jonathan will be joining me 14 past the hour, and we'll talk to him about cigar basics and all that fun stuff. 35 past the hour, I will reconvene with the 2021 look back year in review here for the Barbecue Central show, and that'll wipe out the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour. And of course, the fourth Tuesday of the month can only mean one thing. The second hour brings a visit from the embedded correspondent. Longest running embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding from Texas and Barbecue Central show guest Hall of Famer. John Solberg, Michigan embedded correspondent, second longest running and also Barbecue Central show guest Hall of Famer this year, along with Doug and rounding out the dais is the minister of barbecue smokedness from the great city of Utah, Rusty Monson. And we have a number of topics to talk about this evening. We'll talk about Christmas past. We'll talk about things that transpired here on this show in 2021, favorite moments of of what we have from this show in 2021. Within the industry, things that were great in 2021 and things that failed in 2021. And then, of course, what everybody does in every industry ever at the end of the year, they try and look like big shots and prognosticate into the upcoming year, that being 2022. And the only thing I can really predict is this. As soon as January 1st hits, all of you are going to be saying it with me. 2022 rapidly coming to a close. Because that's what we do here on the show. And I know I'll be hearing it as soon as that ball drops. In whatever fashion you celebrate balls dropping. Some of you will be looking at your loved one, whatever that looks like, and saying 2022 rapidly coming to a close. And we'll all laugh internally because the best jokes are the inside jokes. So we'll do a little prognostication. That will wrap the show for 2022. And we will look at, I'm sorry, 2021. And then we will look ahead for new shows 2022 as early as next Tuesday because that's what we do. No days off here on this show. We push through. Every Tuesday is a new Tuesday. So that's what's happening. Jonathan Barbo coming up in 10 minutes or so from the Cigar Authority. I finished the year in review 2021. And then the embedded correspondence. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show for a live video feed of the show. You can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also, a live video feed over at YouTube slash RD Rempe. And we're also airing live on Clubhouse as well, which will take some calls if you're so inclined. We have some folks in the room right there, right now, because that's the best way to take phone calls anymore. And there you have it. So if you want to jump in, get a Clubhouse account, look for my name, give me a follow, and away we go. Carlos, Scott, Rod, all in the room here right now, amongst others. Listener feedback from last week's show, Craig in Pennsylvania writing in. Greg, big fan for a long time and felt compelled to write in and let you know that while I appreciate the live fire talk, I really like the fact that you don't have any issue moving outside of the normal format to uh, introduce us to New people in industries, for example, Jackie Taylor, Jose the Baker guy from last week, take a talking race with Adrian Miller a little bit earlier in the year. And that was all just this year. Thank you so much for a great show. Keep up the great work. Regards, Craig in Pennsylvania. Craig, thank you for writing in and taking the time for that. And glad I can introduce you to other stuff that isn't just live fire related. Nick in Nebraska writing in. Greg, I admit that I was not overly aware of John Miller until I heard about him on your show this past Tuesday while you were interviewing 
Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly. I wish I would have been able to get a beef rib from him while he was alive. I also read quite a bit about him through some various websites and other articles that were written about him during the week after learning about his passing. He sounds like a barbecue savant and also a guy who is battling some demons, to say the least. Thanks to you and Daniel for a great interview. Regards, Nick in Nebraska. Nick, appreciate you writing in. I would like to say that I had an extensive relationship and I knew all about John Miller. That would be a lie. I think because I cover what I cover, I was aware of the name. I knew he had some restaurants. I didn't know he had made the Texas Monthly's top 50 barbecue list twice in as many different restaurant tries, which I don't know how many people have actually done that. That's quite an accomplishment all on its own. But I knew he had a hand in really bringing Texas barbecue to the forefront here over the last decade or so. And I don't know if you would call it competition with Aaron Franklin, but certainly media would want to pit them together as some type of competitor with one another. But obviously both very successful in their own right. Aaron Franklin at a, at a different echelon at this point, And John Miller continuing to move on after he had found success. And of course, Daniel and I talked about why that might have been last week. So if you missed it, go ahead and get the podcast and rejoin and revisit all of the past shows by subscribing to the podcast feed. Andrew in Kentucky writing in, Greg, why the hell did you have that baker on the show? Spare us the BS segments and get back to talking about barbecue and grilling. Snoozer of the show. Regards, Andrew. You know, it's this email that I love the most because I think my fans, perhaps more than any other fan, for any other podcast, has no problem looking me in the face and then kicking me directly in the balls. They don't care. I can talk about barbecue and grilling all day long. The minute I change it up, I mean, heaven forbid, Craig in Pennsylvania writes in a contradictory email to lead, but I just want to give you a smattering of the ideas that are going on about the show. Never mind the 50 or 60 that I get each week telling me that I suck and the show blows and the sound effects are stupid and the list goes on. But Andrew asking, why did I have the baker? I told you why I had the baker on last week. Andrew, why? Because he's from Cleveland. 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 I am a supporter of Cleveland. He lives in Cleveland now. I saw him on the television. I reached out. We put together a great site. I'm going to be cooking barbecue for him when it gets warmer out seven months from now and he's going to be baking me confectionery delights. Andrew, I think you're jealous. Let's be honest. All right, uh, Mr. Jonathan is in the green room. We'll get to him here in just one second. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa has something for every outdoor cook to become even better than they already are. We know them for the championship rubs and seasonings like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, and Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Also, owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're tired of all the traditional offerings as far as barbecue sauces are concerned, you might want to give Granny's a try. Great by itself. Also good as a base sauce that you can tinker with and then take off from there. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available on the market today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that MAC 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. 
Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them and ask questions. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. You can also shop their website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And take it from there. Sterling Ball and the gang over at Big Papa Smokers, longtime supporters of this show, which we appreciate, and we'll continue into 2022. We'll talk cigars right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them at 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Gang, my first guest tonight is also another new guest of 2021 here on the show. Perhaps a record-breaking year of new guests, to be sure. He is an expert in an industry that I have recently gotten into, as I had mentioned in the open. And, as I have mentioned here many times, and received many messages of... Support being voiced by a bunch of other centralites that also have found enjoyment here in this pastime. That being the pastime of a fine cigar. So if you have happened to have found some new cigars via Santa Claus or it's something that you have thought about getting into but wanted some more info first, then this is the segment for you. You can find him at Two Guys Cigars Retail Location as well as co-hosting the Cigar Authority podcast each Saturday for the past 10 years. We race to the hotline. And welcome in first-timer, Jonathan Barbo, to the show. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, what's going on, Greg? I am absolutely delighted to have you here on the show. And as we move forward here, I just want to alert everybody. If you're not familiar with the Cigar Authority, I will now refer to Jonathan as Mr. Jonathan, which is his moniker on the show and across his other business offerings, just in case you're wondering why I refer to him as Mr. Jonathan here. So uh, we'll get I'm going. I'm, I'm sorry? I said I- I'm Googleable. Yeah, of Mr. Course, Jonathan. Of course, that's the uh, that's what's most important. So, um, we'll get talking here cigars shortly. But I have to say this: while I thought we would be talking about cigars and only cigars for the next twenty minutes or so, what I find doing my show prep for this segment is this: you might be one of the most diverse and talented people I have had on the show in quite some time. Cigar expert, yes. Owner of a music and DJ service. Yes, incredibly accomplished ballroom dancer, so much so that you were inducted into the Living Legends of Dance, which is traditionally held for folks 50 years of age and over, but you were inducted at age 37? Yes, 
And by the way, for those of the those of my listeners who are not believing me, look at this guy gracing the floor, or as we say, tripping the light. Fantastic. Well, I don't know if anybody says that, but I say it. tripping the light. Fantastic. That's Mr. Jonathan right there uh, doing his dance thing. I have to say, you are some kind of Renaissance man, Mr. Jonathan. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, a labor of love, I guess. Uh, the DJ thing kind of led into dancing, and uh, the dancing led to more DJ gigs. So you do what you got to do to pay the bills. Had you ever thought about yeah. dancing professionally at any point, like uh, contests yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that? I've done it. Yeah, there's a couple of dances I'm I'm undefeated in every contest I've ever entered. Really? And others that I just have gotten smoked at. But uh, yeah, you win some, you lose some. And some of it also has to do with they they split the dancers up by age. So once you're over 85, you're either dancing in sophisticated or master level. And uh, I'm athletic. Well, one of the questions on your show sheet here is, what did I do before I worked in the cigar industry? And besides dancing, I was a high-level gymnastics coach. Mm-hmm. So taking the athleticism from gymnastics over into dance at even at a more advanced dance age, like 37, uh, it just made, it made some of the more athletic moves much, much easier. Is dancing a passion for you? Like, do you find yourself wanting to go out and dance in a in a real with the pandemic being what it is uh i have less of an urge to go out uh because there just aren't dances available and the the ones that are have a lot of restrictions that are attached to them so i found a release in another way i learned during the pandemic how to make my own remixes and mashups uh digitally so Hmm. when i make a new one that's and you can find me on soundcloud if you like uh guess what? It's Mr. Jonathan uh, at SoundCloud. And um, yeah, that, I just make remixes and mashups all the time. So let me give you some contact information here while we're talking. The CigarAuthority.com is the podcast website. So if you're not subscribed there, it's available on all the podcast platforms. You can go directly to the website for replays and other show info. Also, if you are a cigar smoker and you like to buy online, the number two guys cigars.com is the online retail location, so you can check out there some cigars if you're interested in purchasing. So um, as I uh, had sent you a little bit of the show sheet and we had talked about what you had done previous to the industry uh, that you're in currently, and you um, kind of talked about that. Anything else uh, that you did professionally before cigar stuff? Uh, I, was, I did a little bit of retail sales when I was a kid, but I really kind of gravitated when I got the job coaching. I really did what I do, which is dive into something head first. Not literally, but uh, and learned everything I could about gymnastics and worked my way up to being the head uh, boys and men's coach for a, a local gym here in Wyndham, New Hampshire. And then the job opened up. Uh, I DJed for about three years just as my sole income. And man, was that tough. So a job opened up working for Two Guys Smoke Shop in their Seabrook location, literally just for the summer to be a placeholder as a manager. And that's all I was doing. And it was a little bit of a slow summer for me anyway. And I had the days off I needed to do the gigs. And I not only loved it, but I thrived in the the retail setting uh, of the cigar industry. And along with that came the podcast, which started because I was doing a what I called Webcast Wednesdays in my basement studio for DJing. I'd have DJs over and the rules were you played nothing but vinyl records uh, everybody wow. got an hour and you just did your thing and we just had a party every wednesday night and the owner of two guys saw it 
and said, geez, I'd love to be able to do this with cigars. Uh, what do you think? And I said, I'm in. I have no idea how to do it with cigars, but I'm in. <laughs> so we bought the equipment probably three times uh, to figure out all the, and you know probably better than most, all the ins and the gazintas and the gazadas and oh, yeah. what, what goes right. here and how to record. This is before podcasting was even, you, you heard about podcasts, but no one knew how to do it. So it was just a webcast at first until we had our first webcast failure and then one of the website tech geek guys said, you guys should record the audio of this and put it on the podcast catchers. And we were like, I don't, we don't know what that is, but he showed us and it's easier than I thought. Uh, Mr. Jonathan, breaking it down for us right here on the barbecue central show. Um, Do you think you said you had thrived in the retail location, but you were a coach previous to that coaches, obviously, well, the good ones at least, are able to bring out the best in the athletes that they're training, especially in a club environment like you were probably staged in for the gymnastics. Do you think that was an easy translation? So as folks are coming in, you're able to build a quick rapport with them. They're building trust with you, and you can now, A, learn about them, and then, B, suggest some things that might work best for their palate. It's funny that you put it like that because looking back, the, you know, you're trying to convince a 12-year-old kid that they're not going to land on their head doing a double backflip and that you've got them. And, you know, God forbid you actually have to get them, but you get them at all costs. And when, when it comes to selling cigars, that there's no trepidation, really. People are coming in and they're, they're buying a cigar that day. Are they going to buy the cigar that you recommend or the one that they had on their mind already? Who cares? They're coming in, they're buying a cigar. You know, we, we're exchanging dollars for a product. So yeah, I love making recommendations. I love moving people around the humidor. I love uh, getting people's, uh, excitement up about the product but in the end all that really matters is that they're buying cigars at two guys smoke shop uh, that's all i care about so let's go ahead and talk a little more cigar in depth here jonathan my dad smoked cigars for a brief period of time when i was much younger but i never really got into it until i was more or less reintroduced to them at a golf outing for a great customer of mine about an hour south of cleveland here this past august they brought in a uh, a guy that actually rolled the cigars prior to everybody going out and doing this thing. And I didn't actually see any of that happening, but the guy I was with told me that the guy was rolling there. Did you have a family that enjoyed cigars while you were younger or did you just happen to find, well, I guess we know how you found the job at two guys, but did you also have an affinity for cigars at that point or no? Yeah. The, uh, my grandfather always smoked cigars and I was a huge, huge a team fan. Uh, just enamored with Hannibal Smith. Uh, but most, most, I'd say Hannibal was 25%. My grandfather was 75%. He always had a cigar going. He smoked six to eight a day. Uh, he lived until he was about 96 years old, uh, and died, uh, because he wanted to, not because he had any health problems really at all. Um, so, and, and that, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is the health benefits of smoking a cigar. And I know you're going to rewind that for a second, you know, just click the 10 second back button, the health (laughs) benefits of smoking cigars. So every study ever done on tobacco up until monograph number nine lumped everything together and cigarettes brought the average down. When monograph number nine came out, the, the data was separated. So all other tobacco products had their categories and premium cigars had their category. And people that smoked one to two cigars a day were found to outlive a, a non-smoker by an average of four years. They were less likely to get COPD. They were less likely to get lung cancer. They were less likely to get coronary heart disease than 
a non-smoker. Hmm. In fact, I have it on good authority. The guy that wrote that study, Mark S. McCosey, we've interviewed him on the show before. Um, his famous line that he always says is, between 75 and 80% of people that contract lung cancer are in the never smoker category. So why are we demonizing tobacco when the data shows the actual data? Now, people get caught up when they read the abstract of these studies. The abstract is allowed to be an opinion piece. The scientist is going to skew that abstract to whoever's paying him. The NIH is paying him. He's going to skew it toward whatever data they want to see but he cannot change the actual data in the study. So often, and this is a 750 page document, you gotta go to the end, scroll down to the bottom and the, the, the charts are there. I'm not making it up. You can Google monograph number nine and scroll to the bottom and there's the data. Is the apprehension or the, the evil that has continued to demonize tobacco simply the nicotine portion of this then? No. In, in every way and in every culture that's ever consumed tobacco, tobacco has been a magical thing. And nicotine has never been a problem. I mean, except for Tom Brady, who swore off nightshades for the rest of his life, uh, nicotine is in every single nightshade, which tobacco is a nightshade. So you've got tomatoes that are hovering around uh, the 5% mark. You've got eggplant, which is between 7 and 9%. You got eggplant parmesan, and I swear to God, Dave Garofalo on the Cigar Authority is my exhibit A. You can become addicted to that shit. The, the, the amount of nicotine in a cigar is like 1% to 3%, and most of it combusts out of the, the, the lid end. It, it degrades with heat. So you, cigarettes are so juiced up with not only nicotine – but they're juiced up with chemicals that make it so that you assimilate the nicotine faster. Mm. And this is where the addiction comes from. Cigars are three ingredients, rolled up tobacco leaves, the water that they wet the leaves with, and a tiny bit of fruit pectin to seal the cap. And that's it. Mm. I think also from a, I've never smoked cigarettes in my life, but the, the biggest difference that I have found in my very, 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 very short time enjoying cigar is I've never thought about or had the urge to inhale a cigar and cigarettes are made to inhale cigarettes are made to burn if you light a cigarette and you let it go on the table it's going to burn all the way down to the filter if you smoke filters but the cigar will go out correct so uh, a cigarette and th this is in monograph number nine a cigarette's tobacco is acidic and your lungs are acidic so in order to pull the nicotine out of your cigarette you have to inhale the because this tobacco in the cigar has not been messed with. It is alkalinic and your mouth is alkalinic. So the tiny little bit of nicotine that does transfer from the cigar to your body, which does cause a relaxation in you, along with the other positive components that are that are in the cigar, which we could go on for days about, the uh, it, it's such a small amount. Uh, we're across the street from a restaurant right now and I've never, and I've been working here for 12 years, I've never looked across the street and seen someone go out in the freezing cold for a quick cigar, ever. <laughs> My business gets cut in half in the wintertime. There is no addictive quality to cigars whatsoever. Now, you may feel like, I want to have a cigar today, but you also have to look at the, what's going on in the rest of your life. Are you a little stressed out? And do you look forward to that one hour you put aside to sit back and be contemplative while you're smoking? I think that's really the answer. Uh, after I decided in August that I was going to give cigars a shot, more for the time, as you had kind of just alluded to, 
uh, more for the time that it forces you to take than anything else, I decided to try and find out everything I could about cigars. And of course, I started looking for podcasts because I have a podcast. I found uh, the show that you're on with co-host Dave Garofalo, or I guess technically founder uh, Dave Garofalo, but also Barry Stein, Ed Sullivan, yourself. What's the brief history of the show and why do you think it has lasted for a decade, but not just had a decade of life, but continued to thrive and really become the authority on premium cigars? Well, we got, I mean, it really, there's a, there's a lot of cigar smoking history that has happened. You got Dave with three and a half decades in the industry. Uh, and uh, when I say in the industry, he's in every facet of the industry, except for the actual manufacturing of the product. He owns brands, he does brand development, he works with graphic designers, he understands how to move the eye around the humidor, around the cigar box, across the band. The, the man just is a wealth of knowledge. The problem is that left by to his own devices, he's just a wild stallion and will just go off. And that's kind of where I come in on the show as second chair is just to kind of guide that energy in the direction that we need to go, slow him down, speed him up so that he can continue being the wealth of knowledge that he is. Uh, Barry is uh, really good for one of maybe three gay jokes about me and then that the, his usefulness goes away. Uh, and then Ed has this dry humor that just kind of he just launches these little grenades into the show whenever uh, the added humor is needed and blows the thing up. And uh, yeah, so we, we, we have a great dynamic <laughs> and a, a pretty vast knowledge base at this point on the product. I guess the thing that I appreciate the most in the last couple months that I've listened to the show is the sheer amount of knowledge I have gained from listening to everybody. I mean, certainly there's a lot of witty banter and witty repartee going on between all of you, but take all of that out. I mean, it's a two-hour show every Saturday, and the information is incredible. I've dug all the way back through to July at this point uh, of this year when the PCA conference was going on and learning all about a trade show I never knew anything about and everything that happens in those. So it's just like anything else. You, you really never know when there's an industry and a, a subculture about a certain topic until you get into it from a high level, and then you can just rabbit hole all the way down until you get to China, I guess. So uh, it's been Don't a, go a, back a, any further than 2017 because the audio goes way downhill. I'm just giving you the fair warning right. there. Well, then um, I will stop right there, and uh, and that'll be that. So we're talking with Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority, also over at uh, Two Guys Cigar Smoke Shop there in New Hampshire. Um, you are obviously sitting in the podcast cafe, which uh, there's been a lot of people here on my instant chat saying that studio looks familiar. So I would say this, uh, you're either a fan of uh, the Scar Authority and that's why it looks familiar, or you're a fan of Pit Life Barbecue, which is a show yeah, that Greg also broadcasts out there. Yeah, so um, that's why that studio might look a little bit familiar to you. So if we could, uh, we can transition into some cigar basics here with some time that we have. Yeah, and I apologize if these are rudimentary beginner questions that you know probably answer every day, all day long, but a good place to start here, I guess, for the show. Is there a good cigar for a noob to try in order to gauge their palate so here's what i'm going to say about uh when you're trying to pick out a cigar you need to go into a brick and mortar store and you need to talk to your tobacconist and you need to kind of assess where they're at if all they're recommending are big name brands they want to get you in and out and they may not actually know much so you may have to do a little research on your brick and mortar 
if you're just trying to figure it out on your own, I would steer clear of the legacy brands because you're dealing with, in, in many cases, million dollar and multi-million dollar ad budgets that someone's paying for, and it's you, not me. So you want to go for lesser known brands, and something to look for is if the brand has a band on it that looks high-end, and it's in that $10 range, like gold foil on it, the people that make that have some money behind them, and you're going to be able to get that cigar for a long period of time. If it looks like a cheap band, if it's a cartoon, like my, and I'm saying cartoon, I sell a half a million of our house brand, Dos Ombre. So, I mean, that's the, the house that built Two Guys Smoke Shop. But you look at the band, and there's no gold foil on it. That's, that's not the place that I would bring a noob. That's a person that has been smoking for a long time that smokes a lot of cigars, and that's where they're comfortable budget-wise. You want to start in the $9, $10 range, maybe $12 range, and from your tobacconist, find out what's in the medium profile, flavor-wise and strength-wise, and you'll be able to gauge yourself. Once we have that down and you're going to start smoking, uh, the first thing that I realized in August when I had that thing at the golf outing, I, I blew it up right from the beginning. had no idea how to light. I didn't even know there was a lighting process. So can you quickly break down the proper way to light a cigar? Uh, because I guess, yeah. uh, and is it true? Like, can you ruin the whole experience right off the rip if you don't know what you're doing? Uh, ruin is a bit of a stretch. I mean, you'd have to really fuck it up to ruin your experience, but yeah, yeah it can be done. Um, I don't, I don't know you all that well. We, we just met yesterday, so maybe you're that guy. I doubt it. Uh, the big key to lighting your cigar is getting the wrapper. So there's three parts of a cigar. You have wrapper, binder, and filler. The filler is comprised of a few different leaves. The binder is one leaf all the way around. It's kind of thick and works in opposition to the wrapper so that the wrapper will burn and then you have the wrapper that makes it look pretty. So the goal is to singe and sear the wrapper to the binder. So if you take your lighter, you're better off with a jet flame lighter, and you hit from the 50-yard line and up so that you're just kissing the edge where the wrapper is above the cigar. And I'm going to do it. This works on a relight, by the way, as well. So you just roll the cigar all the way around and make sure that you seal that wrapper to the binder, much like you'd sear a steak. You don't want to jam the flame all the way into the cigar. You just mm. kind of keep it out a little bit of ways. When it starts to glow, I'm going to put it to my lips. And on a fresh cigar, I would puff. But this one, I'm relighting, so I'm going to blow out. And now it's like I never left. So you got a two-for-one special there, Greg. You learned how to light a cigar and how to relight a cigar so that you don't taste the ashy soot. I have seen on uh, Cigars Daily, uh, I think mm. there's another YouTube that I watch quite a bit of. Uh, there's yeah, yeah. there's there's some toasting of the foot I think they call it or browning of the toast or whatever and then uh, before he goes to light it he does exhale uh, through the cigar first like uh, purge it or what exhaust maybe it was the right term and then he from there then he goes in to to do the lighting what's the purpose there I loved him there's a little bit of pomp and circumstance going on there the uh, the purge uh, on a relight is important only because you don't want to draw ash particulate into the cigar tobacco's a sponge so if I were to store my cigars in a humidor and I used vinegar as the humidifying liquid, all my cigars would absorb that vinegar odor and they would taste like vinegar. So if I draw that ash into the cigar after the cigar has gone out, I'm going to just taste ashy soot 
much like a, if you burnt a marshmallow over the fire, even if you take the soot off, it still tastes like soot. So the the exhausting on a pre a cigar that's already been lit is just to clear the chamber of any of those particulates. On a fresh cigar that you're just lighting for the first time, it's not necessary to blow through it. Accessory-wise, uh, aside from a, a torch or lighter of some sort and a cutter, are there any other must-have accessories? Uh, every cigar smoker should absolutely especially so you get a couple levels so myself i don't need a humidor i have one but i don't need a humidor if i'm just using the store as my humidor i can go in and buy a box a week and leave it in the car almost all year round because i'm going to smoke through that box in a week and the elements won't have a chance to do anything to the cigar and dry it out or any of that hmm. if you're someone who's smoking one cigar a day you may not need one if you're smoking one cigar a week or less you're a guy who needs a humidor. You need a way to be able to keep the the moisture content between 55 and 65 on those cigars. So I brought one up on the stage with me here. It's a Diamond Crown humidor. You've got a metal plate in the lid. They give you an upgraded hygrometer. They give you an upgraded humidification system that runs on distilled water. It's got a locking mechanism so you can keep the kids out so they're not rolling weed in your cigars. And an airflow grade at the bottom. You're looking at 340 bucks. Uh, that's going to hold a box and a half or two, depending on the size of cigars. And now you can take advantage of a box buy or an event where they're giving away free cigars with a box and you have a, a way of storing them long-term. Cigars don't go bad. That was going to be my, uh, one of my questions was, you know, after you get the humidor, do you have to smoke them? Is there a best buy or an expiration day, but it sounds like they'll be okay as long as you keep them right. No, and, and if so, what I recommend that people do is you want to be smoking just outside your strength comfort zone for one reason, because it's going to force you to slow down and enjoy the cigar. So, if you're someone who believes that they're just a mild cigar smoker and that's it, I believe that smoker should be smoking in the medium category, but slower. So, the stronger the cigars are, the longer that they will keep in a humidor. And when I say longer, I'm talking, you don't have to think about it for five years, six years, seven years. The cigars are going to, the nicotine's going to degrade, the, the flavors are going to degrade. You're eventually going to be smoking air after 10 years, 15 years, if the cigar's super mild. So this isn't wine that you're putting down to rest, right? You can. There's, uh, there's some, and uh, my humidor is a closet in my house. Uh, so I, I buy cigars that are in specific boxes Aladino Corojo Reserve, for example, comes in a virgin cedar box out of Honduras. I want that cedar to permeate that cigar. So I go through a very elaborate dry aging cycle where I, much like dry aging beef, I take the cigars out of the humidor, especially this time of year, just put them on the desk and let them dry out for two or three months and then put them back in. So now the cigar has exhaled all of the moisture that's inside the chamber and when I put it in to rehydrate, it inhales the cedar that's around it. Hmm. And as that cedar hydrates, it, it becomes more active. So after doing that for a year, you take a cigar that's already very good and you make it exceptional. Does every cigar, would every cigar have a, a benefit to doing that dry aging process that you're taught? For instance, just so happens that I have a uh, box of my favorite, the Oliva Siri V Milanio in Robusto. And uh, I just got it in the mail the other day. Is this something that I should be sticking in my basement somewhere for three months? And is it going to benefit? So 
you're not going to get cedar because that box isn't cedar. That's a neutral wood, maybe poplar or ash. Um, but the thing that's going to happen is because we are in the end of a cigar boom right now, all manufacturers, especially ones that are owned by big companies. Oliva was recently purchased in the last three years by uh, Jay Cortez, which is a huge European conglomerate that makes um, machine-made cigars by the billions. Things have been rushed to market where the Oliva family never would have let those cigars out of the factory inside of the three months. I'm starting to be detecting ammonia in the chamber. And you had mentioned fresh rolled cigars earlier. When you roll a cigar, you have maybe 48 hours to smoke that cigar before the final fermentation happens. And that's going to happen over the next 90 days where because the capillaries in the tobacco have been broken by folding it into an accordion or by rolling it into a straw, those capillaries release the ammonia that's inside the leaf that's in there, which is a byproduct of photosynthesis. You, those cigars go through what's called a sick period. And if you don't let them go completely through the sick period, the further down you smoke, the more ammonia you get. Because as your saliva is interacting with the other side, it gets the moisture in there and you just start tasting ammonia. Uh, Mr. Jonathan joining us here from the Cigar Authority. You can also find him in the brick and mortar stores over there at uh, Two Guys Cigars. Um, what are the biggest mistakes people make who are beginners with cigars? Uh, putting a cigar out incorrectly. If I'm done smoking the cigar, I'm just going to put it in the ashtray. Just walk away from it. It'll put itself out in a minute or two. Uh, if you try to put it out like a cigarette, you're going to create fissures in the wrapper, and that's going to cause the cigar to continue to burn. And that smoke from half-out ash and half-lit combustible material is disgusting, and it just makes the whole room smell gross. The other rookie thing is if you leave the ash, if you have a smoking room, if you don't empty your ashtrays when you're done and get them in a container that has a lid on it, you're going to you're gonna be smoking that cigar tomorrow because it's going to reek in that room. Most people that get in my car have no idea that I smoke in my car, and I smoke in my car every day, but I just get rid of the ash. I've heard that there is a pace to smoking a cigar. How do you find the pace that's best? The pace that's best is, again, if you're, if you're pushing your limit a little bit, if you're, you're expanding your palate, much like I'm sure in, in the barbecue world, and, uh, and I know my boy uh, Johnny Mags does this, when you're going barbecue and you, you're pushing your limit spice-wise, it's not necessarily that you're looking to burn your mouth off, but you want to see how spicy can you get it and have it be flavorful, right? So with cigars, how, how strong can I smoke comfortably is really where you want to be because it's going to force you to kick back and relax. And now you can get your puff rate, especially with a, a stronger cigar, you're going to have better combustion. Uh, you're going to be able to get your puff rate down to every 45 seconds or so. And you're going to have to, because otherwise you're going to get a little lightheaded. Uh, it's just, it's something that I've been doing more recently and I have been enjoying cigars better than ever. One of the things that I have come to learn about you as I listen to the Cigar Authority is your ability to bring across the flavors of the cigar that you're smoking to the audience in a very relatable way. Not in a stuffy, look-down-your-nose type of way that maybe you would find in an industry journal like we found in the wine world for decades, you know, where it was like stuffed shirts ruled the world. How have you been able to hone your palate to bring across those relatable flavors so well to the audience? I have put far too many things in my mouth, is really the truth. Uh, I... I actually have a great memory for flavors and aromas. Uh, and as a kid, I would pay attention to um, 
dumb stuff, ribbon candy. And I didn't know that it was clove flavored, but I knew what the pattern looked like. So I could go through all the ribbon candies and always get the clove one because that's the one I liked. And then you get older and you learn what clove spices are. And I always, I never liked the fake taste of food. I always liked the real taste. So I would always seek out, even as a young kid, I would taste cinnamon by itself. I would taste pepper by itself, salt by itself, always just constantly looking to see what the real flavors were. And my memory is just very good about them. And I can recall things from my childhood. And I'm not afraid if two flavors go together, if you have a toasty component and you got a raisiny sweetness, why wouldn't you say raisin toast, right? So that's, to me, that's, that's the part that makes sense. And that's the part that's fun is how do, and sometimes I do it the other way. I'll say you take uh, Swiss Miss cocoa that has the marshmallows in it, but you take all the marshmallows out and then you make the cocoa. And then Dave will look at me and go, why, why the hell wouldn't you just start? Because you need the marshmallows to have been in there because there is some essence of marshmallow, but it's not the marshmallow flavor. It's just, it's marshmallow adjacent. So on one hand, it's kind of filling time and, and being an asshole. But uh, on the other side, it is a way of getting someone's imagination involved because really being able to taste the flavors in tobacco or in wine is about using your imagination. What is this like? This is a mouth sensation that reminds me of something. What is that? Uh, Jonathan, if you don't mind, I would like to ask you two quick questions about cigar sure. storage because we kind of touched on the humidor stuff and, and why you would want to purchase that. If you get one, and it is a wood one. I'll get your thoughts on acrylic humidors here in a second. If you get one that is wood, is there a seasoning process that has to happen, and what does that usually entail? Uh, it entails putting your cigars in the box as soon as humanly possible, filling up your uh, humidifier and closing the lid. Three days later, the wood in that humidor will have acclimated 100% to where it needs to be, and as will the cigars, and the cigars will actually help the humidor come along and come alive. And after that, you just check your humidifier and make sure that it is topped off and you're done. The old wives' tale of wiping the inside of your humidor down, for all the woodworkers out there, it must drive you crazy to hear it because all that does is raise the grain on the wood. And now if you put an uncellophaned bandolero, for example, what I'm smoking now, in that humidor, all you're doing is beating the shit out of the wrapper on your cigar for no reason. So I don't know who decided that it was the right thing to do to jumpstart your humidor, wiping them down or putting 84% uh, humidity packs inside. And you're just beating the snot out of the, the binding agents inside the humidor and you're forcing expansion to happen that doesn't need to happen. You want to be between 55 and 65%. And in most states, most of the year, you can get there inside of 24 hours. Hmm. So the humidor that my buddy from Texas sent me that I, about a week ago, slammed the Bovida 84% humidity packs in, I've completely effed up on. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say you, I mean, yeah, yeah but it, you're not, you're not going to die from it. You know, just get rid of the 84% uh, humidity. Well, packet. I have a big ass 70 uh, or 69% 320 gram, you know, thing that I'm going to hang on the top of that because I got that big plate holder that goes on the top, but so I can just ditch the 84 now and, and set it up like normal. And, and, and yeah, those Olivas are not cellophane. So am I going to screw the wrappers up on those now? Now I'm a, now I'm a nervous Nelly. 
Did you wipe the inside of that uh, humidor no, down? Of course not. Just, no, you're okay then. You didn't raise the grain yet. So you you're, you just get rid of that 84. And uh, I would be curious to see what the reading is on that in a couple of days. It may be a little high. So the 69%, and you, you have on here, how do I feel about Boveda? I think that Boveda is pushing this narrative of 70-70, just like the PG solution companies are, um, the anybody that sells humidity packets. Uh, I got one from Lotus here that runs off PG solution. Uh, but these ones you can choke down. They have a sticker that control you can control how much humidity you're releasing and how quickly. S between 55 and 65 is ideal. 70 is the absolute max. Mm. Holy shit, I'm in panic mode. I need to do something to get the humidity down. And 50 is, um, holy shit, I'm in panic mode. I need to do something to get the humidity up. 55%, I'm not even thinking about it. 65%, I'm not even thinking about it. Mm. And anywhere in between. 70 is the max. 55 is is the minimum. And, and if it was at 50, it's not even really holy shit. It's all right. I need to add water if I think about it later. It's not the end of the world. Dry is okay. You can come back from dry. Too wet, you get the wrapper split. It's problems. Acrylic humidors, uh, are those beginner stuff or are they good? Uh, acrylic humidors are good. Uh, they have a perfect seal on them. And in fact, Dave Garofalo invented the uh, cigar jar. Not a lot of people know that. Really? Uh, he he did not have the $200,000 for the mold to mold that acrylic. <laughs> so he gave the idea to, this is a true story. He gave the idea to Gary Scott International. Oh, they had the 200000 to make the molds. They made the molds. They came out with it. And when they put their ad in Cigar Aficionado, they put David's brand that he named after his daughter, La Gianna, uh, comes in three different styles. Uh, they put that brand in the ad in Cigar Aficionado. And that brand took off nationally because of that ad. Uh, and they, they took on distribution for La Giana for a short period of time. Unbelievable. That's a but great yeah, acrylic, acrylic has, a, has a great seal. Yep. The tough thing about it is too much humidity and you're going to grow mold inside that. It becomes an aquarium. So less is more. And when I say less is more, a couple of drops of humidity on the humidifier at a time and get a digital hygrometer on the inside of that. And you'll find that cigars, by and large, can keep the humidity in that space perfect. So if I'm using Assuming a 69% pack, uh, Boveda pack in, in an acrylic humidor, that's too much, in your opinion? In my opinion, you're, you're pushing the envelope. Yeah. If, if, if you have a, a wave of heat or your air conditioner shuts off in the summertime, uh, you're going to be causing that air to pull the moisture out of the Boveda pack. And then when the humidity drops, I mean, I'm sorry, when the temperature drops, the humidity automatically is going to skyrocket in that unit. And because it's a perfect seal, unlike a wood humidor, there's no place for it to go. So you're going to go from 69% way up. And they, they say they're two-way, and I've tested them six ways from Sunday. Unless they are on top of actual moisture, they don't repuff up. So you have to be at or near 100% moisture to get mm -hmm. those things to rehydrate. Uh, I've kept you way over time. I'm completely embarrassed and apologize for being unprofessional. I like to say if we're going to do 20 minutes, we do 20 minutes, but I got caught up in the cigar talk and it was very self-indulgent, so I apologize for that. However, no I would like to say or ask, what should we as a premium cigar public enjoying, uh, what should we be buying from Two Guys Cigars? Well, I think uh, the cigar I'm smoking now, Bandolero, has three different editions, and I think that it is a good brand for somebody that even 
you could be a beginner and you're going to appreciate it. And you could be a seasoned smoker and you're going to appreciate it. You're just going to appreciate it in different ways. A beginner, it, there's nothing offensive about the the tastes and the aromas. They're very pleasing. A lot of middle priming tobacco, which is what gives you a great aroma on a cigar. Not a lot of strength, but there is a lot of flavor. And for more seasoned smokers that are looking for nuances, you can tell the difference between the three iterations with the uh, Serie A being much sweeter and more of a milk chocolate type of sweetness. You get into more of a baker's chocolate when you're at the Serie T. And with the Serie C, you get more of um, baking type spices, cloves, cinnamon. Uh, it's just a, they're, they're all three have their place uh, in a humidor at home. The CigarAuthority.com is the podcast website. Go ahead and check it out there or wherever podcasts are available. And you can also visit their online retail location, the number two, GuysCigars.com. And this is Mr. Jonathan joining us for the first time here on the Barbecue Central Show, giving us all the cigar info that we can handle. Again, uh, Jonathan, uh, really appreciate the time. Sorry I kept you over. And as long as you're up for it, I will have you on again sooner than later. 100% Greg. Thank you so much. You, you you run a tight ship, man. This is very impressive. I'm very impressed with your product. Uh, and uh, geez, I hope I get a couple of extra followers uh, on the Cigar Authority out of this. And if not, it was, a, it was a great time being on. I'd love to be on again. All right. Appreciate it. There he is. Mr. Jonathan right there. Once again, it's CigarAuthority.com and the online retail location is the number two, GuysCigars.com. So if you want to check out what they're offering, go ahead and give them a shot. The Bandolero in three different options. As he was just talking about, I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. Yoder Smokers designs and builds all of their products right here in the United States. Building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service is the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke style product that evaluates or Hold on a second. Elevate gatherings with friends and family. We're honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fired offsets and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition. For generations to come, it's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. American-made smokers, endless flavor, all the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit Yodersmokers.com and grab yours today. Also brought to you by Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Two different lines to choose from, a choice line and a prime line. Choice line, save you a couple bucks. Prime line will cost you a couple extra bucks. Get a little bit more of a robust build on chassis. You have three different or two different sizes to choose from, the peak and the ledge. The trek, totally separate, but totally portable. So if you're still into tailgating, here in Brownstown, we're not tailgating that much. No, no, we're losing a lot, but we're not tailgating. The trek is the one you want. You can plug it in your 12-volt outlet in your car. You can bring a car battery. It's got the clips for that, however you want. But it is wood pellet fired. You get the wood fired goodness. You're not sacrificing a tremendous amount of capacity for portability. Go to GreenMountainGrills.com. Find a dealer near you. Only sold through dealers. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com as well. Also by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, your luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Did anybody get a Fireboard Spark? Did anybody? I want to know. I did not. I did not. Andrew, you are not the I did not get a Fireboard Spark. But if somebody did, give me a hell yeah! Give me a hell yeah! That's right. Give me a hell yeah! Give me a hell yeah! It's neighbor Desmond's kid. My man B. Little B. Giving me a hell yeah! Give me a hell yeah! That's right. It's the newest drop. <laughs> oh, that kid's a card. So we thank Mr. Jonathan, Jonathan Barbo from Two Guys Cigars. The retail location, the number two, guyscigars.com is the website for retail. And if you want to check them out because you like to know all about the cigar industry, two guy, uh, thecigarauthority.com with the creator Dave Garofalo and Mr. Jonathan and Barry and Ed Sullivan. It's a great time and a tremendous amount of information. And I just like learning about things that I'm interested in. And it just so happens that every week they continually educate me about all sorts of great stuff. So uh, it's pretty easy for me as far as that's concerned. Continuing to produce in Now, hold on. I got to catch up the right way. Here we go. So that's going to put a bow on the first hour. We're going to head to the second hour. The embedded correspondents are lined up. We're going to be doing our thing shortly, but we will get to top of the second hour takes. We did not get to the year in review. We went long with Cigar Talk. That's on me. Once again, we thank Mr. Jonathan for stretching out. I don't think he was under the assumption I was going to do that, but hey, lots of great info, so I kept rolling. Apologize once again, but great info. We're pointing to the second hour. Refresh libations and stick around. We'll be right back.